0: If you listen to previous episodes of this show from before it was called the B2B Community Builder Show, you know that I see my personal network as my own Google search. And I see all the people in my network as my own Wikipedia kind of page. But I haven't made content about the foundational thing that allows you to build that network, which is your ability to have a great conversation. Now, Podcasting is a big part of that. I have been able to up my reps, uh, get into more interesting conversations thanks to podcasting. So part of this show is we'll talk about podcasting, how it fits in. But at its fundamental level, the ability to start a conversation with someone, make it valuable and learn from each one of these conversations is a base need that will help you be a better leader be a better manager, be a better salesperson, be a better professional, be a better entrepreneur. So I hope that you get a lot out of this. This was something that Yuri, my friend Yuri, reached out to me asking me how to, you know, how I became so good at creating these like podcasts and having these conversations with anybody. So I invited him on the show to be a guest host and interview me about how to do this. Totally different type of uh, episode. And I hope that you really enjoy it. But as always, we did it in the internet talk show format where people get to show up and be a part of it and stick around for the relationship-driven growth strategy sessions that happen afterwards. So I hope that you join us on one of these. Link is in the show description for you to sign up. Come here on a Monday at 4.30 or at 5.30 and come hang out. For now, you're gonna love getting to know Yuri and he's a really, really great guy. Enjoy this. (laughs) no If you know how it is, then you know how it might be. But think what it would look like if you grow your own community. It ain't easy. That's why you're listening to hear experiences from others just like you and me. Welcome to the B2B Community Builder Podcast. A show that was started because if you can unlock the power of having a community around your business, then... You will create a source of referrals, validation, marketing content, and product feedback that will be unbeatable. But who has time to think about building a community When you need to be making sure that your team has what it needs to succeed in serving clients and bringing in revenue. That is why we'll be talking to business leaders like you and I that have cracked the code on why the community play is so valuable. How to implement tactics that got them there while still serving short-term goals and what they can teach you that they have mastered. This show is for you if you are a CEO, CMO, or simply a rainmaker that has realized that without a community, you are just a commodity, but haven't figured out how to add it to your infinite list of priorities. This show is for you. If you are a community professional or trying to be a community professional that is trying to convince leadership about the need to invest in a community strategy, this show is not for you if you think transactions are more valuable than relationships. I am your host and chief executive connector, Pablo Gonzalez, co-founder of BeTheStage.Live, a marketing company that specializes in relationship-driven growth. I invented the relationship flywheel and hopefully... I'm your new best friend. So smash that subscribe button, leave a rating when you do, and get ready to plug into the power of community creation for business development. Let's go. Welcome everybody to the episode 220 of the B2B Community Builder Show. I'm your host and chief executive connector, Pablo Gonzalez. And today we're having an episode that I'm super pumped about, right? This idea of becoming a great conversationalist to me is a skill set that A, I find incredibly valuable and I think it's aged really, really well. And B, who the hell creates a career around being a conversationalist, right? This is something that I really challenged myself to right around 2018. And I've really followed this path and I was super pumped. When our guest host today reached out to me and he reached out to me, asking me a couple of podcasting questions and whatnot. And I was like, you know what, man? Let's have this conversation. Let's have it on my show. You can interview me and we're gonna and we're gonna expand the 10 a little bit about what you are, what you're trying to find out about in podcasting. We're talking about how to have great conversations and how can this add value to your life? Podcasting is going to be a big part of this, but guest hosting today is the rising star phenom of the community world. He is the host of community life podcast, amazing podcast. One of maybe two podcasts that I've cried on because he goes super deep, asks amazing questions, incredibly present and makes you really feel heard using podcasting and community building as a way to meet Dwayne, the rock Johnson. And also, I feel like you've kind of like leaned on this stuff, man, doing a really, really hard time in your life, living in the Ukraine, being able to connect with people. Man, you're doing it phenomenally. My friend, Yuri Lazaruk, welcome to the show, my man. Yeah,
1: Pablo, thank you so much. Like, it's so
0: amazing what path we've
1: done, you know, like from the first time I heard about you on this David Spinks podcast, and then I immediately reached out. I immediately started to listen to B2B Community Builder Show and then like having community live conversation. And finally, we are here, you know, it's like, and everything in one year. Like, it's like, oh, like I don't know how the time flies, but yeah,
0: it's it so crazy. And,
1: and I'm so super happy to talk about you and to learn from you, you know, that's exactly why we are here because I started asking about you, I started asking you to share some experience with me and that's exactly what you will do today. So yeah, I'm super happy to interview you here.
0: Awesome, man. I'm pumped. I'm pumped that it's you doing it. I missed something that Lori as always saves me. CMX Community Builder of the Year. That's not a. That's no small feat, my friend. And right now I want to welcome our community, right? We got Chris Miles checking in. Chris, good to have you here. We got our super connector, Lori Goldman in the house. We got Pratiti Pathak, who I just hung out with this weekend. Speaking of podcasting connections, right? Friendships that change your life. I was at the wedding of My first podcast like that I really got into, that he became my mentor, I then became my, via podcasting, right? Kind of like same stuff. Like I would reach out to him to ask him things and then I became friends with him. Then I went to his wedding and Pratiti was on my podcast, who I've become dear friends with, met up with her in Pennsylvania, right? So these are real. Mitko Ivanov, the category king of podcast guest outreach over there. He's in Kansas City right now. Love that. Who else we got? We got Annette Torres checking in. We got STK, Suzanne Taylor King. She's the star of the next show. She's launching a, she's launched a super compelling community. We're going to pick her brain about that. She's coming on and I see a couple other people that are here, but haven't checked in. Welcome to the show. This is completely interactive. Use the chat to make a friend use the Q&A to like ask a question. If you want to steer the conversation a particular way, Yuri and I will build it in. But right now I get to uh, like go well, the reins a little bit, man. Yuri, you are here as the host of the show. Go for it, man. Yeah,
1: exactly. No, Pablo, it's interesting. But when I reached out to you, I asked you about podcasting and then you turned the whole thing to conversations. So, okay. Tell me what's the deal with these conversations. Tell me more
0: about that. Thanks, man. You and I planted that question to start the show. So <laughs> man, the stuff that is working for me really, really well right now, the only reason I'm able to be an entrepreneur, the only reason that I have this company and this team and these clients and all the stuff that I'm working at, and the only reason really that I've got to chase a mission, right? This idea that I came up with of community creation as the future of business development and be very fulfilled with purpose. The only reason why I'm able to do this Is because of the formations that I had in between 2009 to 2017, starting young professional groups for charities, getting super involved with charities, and starting getting very, very involved in the Miami community at networking events. And what I realized was that at each of these events, being able to walk into a room of people and approach that room like if it was my own personal library right? Seeing it as the ability to walk up to any book, open it up and start perusing has added so much value and knowledge to my life. And it's the foundation for the insights that I've created for the formulas and the processes that we've done. My ability to add value to people that whether I'm helping them produce a podcast or a speaking engagement or whatever we're working with people on, on their marketing strategy, So much of my value comes from all these different data points that I got from all these different people, from being able to give an insurance broker the advice of how a construction company builds out their pricing strategies and be able to apply that for her to um, a bunch of different cross-contextual examples that bring me the value that I've been able to go from being in the construction industry to being in the startup tech world to now being in marketing and having the career that I'm having. Has come from using people as libraries, right? Pratiti reminded me of the fact that I used to start my podcast off with if you have this approach, then your network is your personal Google and everybody that you know is part of your Wikipedia page, right? And they're adding and they're adding to your life of what you know. And it all comes from the ability to be able to have a conversation with somebody. And specifically, it comes from the ability that I had to like transfer from when i was 29 till i was 31 i had a huge aha moment which was i've always been able to be entertaining i know how to like be funny and energetic and whatever and get attention but it was only going to take me so far uh and it was very limited in its effects while being able to open a conversation and get somebody to talk about themselves and make them feel like they are important and entertaining and special and cool and all those different things that is what's allowed me to be able to open people up to 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 me and share things with me that I can then start to learn, try, share, implement whatever it is that has been the thing that has compounded to get me to where I am today, right? So when you reach out to me about like how do you podcast? Why are your episodes, you know, like so conversational or whatever? It comes from the 10,000 hours that I had in those rooms in Miami you know, three to five days a week going to different events, walking into rooms full of people I didn't know and having that transition of like, okay, I got to stop being the clown and start being the like the investigative journalist about what makes you special. So that to me is why becoming great at conversations and being able to like wade through that beginning part and be able to like get to that part where they feel comfortable, they feel heard and they're willing to open up and talk about themselves and then validating that and making them feel like that's special and being able to call that out—that to me has been the key to all, anything that's worked well for me. You know,
1: there are a lot of people who are like going to everyone in con- at conferences and like, hey, hello, and starting this conversation, and then like, you are forgetting those people right after they left. So, how to make a meaningful conversation?
0: Are you asking me that? How do we do it? Yeah. Okay. You know, man, the first thing is to not overthink it. Right. But the one of the one of the biggest green lights I ever got in my life was I was at one of these events. This was in that period where I was really dialing it in. And I was talking to this guy. I forget his last name. I want to remember because I want to include him in like speaking points, but his name was Jonathan something or another. And I was sitting there by like the cheese snack table, you know, where like you hang out when you feel awkward and you can't talk to anybody or whatever. And I'm having a conversation with him. We have like an awkward pause in what we're talking about. And there was somebody with their back to us. And he literally just like slaps him on the back. The guy turns around and goes, what's up, man? What's up with you? <laughs> and, I, and I was like, oh, I, you don't really have to overthink entering a conversation because everybody that's at one of these events or everybody that's in a conversation, you know, everybody wishes to be seen, right? Like nobody wants to feel lonely and unseen and unvalued. And anytime you give somebody that option, it's a value that you add to them right? Like if they don't want it at that time and they tell you, cause they're doing something else, no, no big deal. Right. But the people that you give that opportunity to will always remember you. Right. So like I've taken that approach very seriously in all of these rooms, there's always somebody I call a floater, right? Like there's somebody's always somebody walking around back and forth from like corner of the room to the corner of the room, looking around, pretending like they're going to go talk to somebody, but really they're just trying to get into a conversation desperately so they don't have to go like sit in the corner and look at their phone and pretend that they're answering an email. To me, seeking that person out and just getting into something with them, just like, hey man, what brings you here? Right, like that makes you super memorable, right? Like that person will regard you forever as the person that saved them from feeling alone in a room full of people, which is a terrible feeling. And then once you get into that, right? How do you facilitate that is what I just said. I ask people what brings them there which is very different than what do you do or where do you come from or whatever, because it's not a one word answer, right? If you open up conversations, allowing people to talk about what's valuable to them and letting them give you a glimpse into what their priorities are, then you have the foundations to talk about something meaningful. And beyond that, it's just practice of like understanding when people say, oh, I'm here because, you know, Lori told me that you're a great guy and I should talk to you. It's, you know, what's the next question after that? Oh, yeah, Lori. Lori's great, man. She's a super connector. What do you love about her? You know, like, I love that she's just so generous with what she does. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, what I like is this. And you just keep asking people questions that allow you to validate things that are important to them and dive in further. That makes for a memorable, valuable conversation every single time. And with business people, you know, you take it the same way. It's like, what are you working on these days, man? Like, what do you, when you, if they're like, oh man, I barely got here because I, w- I was super busy. Like, yeah, what'd you just have to turn off to get here, man? Like what's holding you down, right? And if they start talking about it, you'll find something where you can be like, oh, that's cool. Well, oh, your email's backed up. I don't know. There's this tool called superhuman. Have you ever used it? Right? Like you, you just start getting... Glimpses into what's bothering them, what's important to them, and the more that you just poke around to like add value to that, a you're endearing yourself to them, but also you're learning from people like where they struggle and how they solve it, and over time that really compounds as a as a giant valuable asset because I'm living testament of that.
1: Yeah, like I totally get it. Like I totally understand what you're talking about, and I remember this thing that you are that you always say about. If somebody is in line and you have to you have a lot of people to talk to, and like it's I believe I don't know, it's the first best place to find people, or it's the second. So the first is when they're wandering around and the second mm. is Q or first is Q and the second, like sure a- anyway, both works. Yeah. So and if you know like answers to their challenges, if you know answers to their struggles. Do you give them advice?
0: Man, what a great question. That's a tough one, man, because there is such thing as like being the advice monster, right? And I've become acutely aware that white males feel very entitled to be able to do that all the time, right? Like the whole mansplaining thing. I get it, man. I'm a recovering mansplainer myself. Normally, I try to give advice. I think my wife just laughed in the background. Yeah, that's her laughing. <laughs> Normally, what I try to do is, if there is some kind of insight into something that I can provide for people, is ask them, "Oh, have you ever heard of you know?" Like ask him a, a question, exploring either either from the, "Oh man, you know what? I've heard of a couple people doing something like this, and I may have some advice. Are you open to some?" Right? Or I'll say, "Hey, have you ever thought about that thing from this perspective?" And I just probe around to to understand if they really want that. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they just want to vent, right? Like, and sometimes you'll give the advice and the important thing is to just be able to walk away from it without being like, yeah, but I have it for you. Like, good, take it. And just kind of, you know, be able to just be like, yeah, I heard that. And if they just glues over it, just be like, okay, cool. That's not what this person wants to talk about. Continue, you know?
1: Yes. And like you told that you have like 10,000 hours of practice still, what are the foundational skills needed to have a good conversation? And how can somebody develop them if they do not have the same practice as you?
0: <laughs> listening, man. I think listening is the foundational skill. I would say that's the most people are listening to a conversation, thinking about how they're going to respond as opposed to listening to a conversation to, to listen for what does this person really care about? If you can flip that script, right? Like if you can walk into the conversation, not thinking, I'm here because I want to end up talking about this thing, kind of like I did with you and told you that I want to talk about conversations. (laughs) If you walk into conversations with people, open conversations with people, not in judgment of like, I know what I have to give here and this is how it's going to go, but in curiosity of just like, what can we uncover here? Then you have the right mindset for the conversation itself. Beyond that, I think what you do very well, which is presence, right? Like be zoned in on it and be listening to that person and follow along with expressions and, you know, try to mirror what they're doing and get into like get wrapped up into what they're saying. And beyond that, it's just the ability to ask questions, right? Like getting the person in front of you to talk should be your goal as opposed to where can I speak, right? Like if you get really, really good at, being part of a conversation where that person spoke for like 30 minutes and you got five in and they're like, Oh man, I feel like I just talked. He was like, no, that's great. Cause that person, and this is going to sound really selfish, but like you have a conversation like that person feels great when they leave and they feel indebted to you in some way. <laughs> right? So if what you were trying to do is like build friendships and build relationships and things like that, then this goal of how can I ask as many great questions as I can and get them to speak as much about what they care about as possible in order to get there really requires this like really intentful listening and a deep care and a deep belief in the understand that that person in front of you has learned something that you've never known before and could be very valuable to your life and to someone you love. And your job is to figure that out.
1: What was the craziest thing you've learned out of the conversation?
0: So I don't know if it's the craziest thing I learned, Yuri, but like Having this approach, I remember that one of the first masterminds that I went to when I entered the world of like online marketing and digital, whatever, I was really deep into the formulation of this thesis, this idea of every man I meet in some way is my superior and in that I can learn from them, right? Like that quote from Waldo Emerson. And I walk into this room. I didn't really know what room I was walking into. Now I know it was this Ezra Firestone mastermind. That's like some of the highest level, like e-commerce marketers in the world at the time were in that room. And my shtick works for most people, right? Like most people are like, oh, this guy wants to talk to me and he's funny. I'm in. There was this one guy that he was Danish and, you know, different energy. <laughs> like like an introvert, wasn't very impressed by I could tell, you know, like I could just tell he wasn't like, he wasn't like enthralled in my hypnosis. And I I really, I really stuck to it because I'm like, man, this guy's gotta be like I literally had talked to everybody else in that room. I'm like, I'm gonna go figure out what this dude cares about. And so I approached it the same way. I just got there. I dropped my energy a little bit. I just started asking him questions. And at some point he says, yeah, because I'm kind of like an expert in like happiness. And I'm like, oh, so I'm like, "Oh, oh, okay. Oh, let's go there. Right. I was like, oh, tell me, tell me more. You're an expert in happiness. What's the key to happiness? Right. And I immediately, I immediately reverted back to advice monster. I had just heard on a podcast that the key to happiness was human connection and I couldn't wait to share it. The guy goes, the key to happiness is, is lack of judgment from the people, from the people that you surround yourself with. And I was like, oh, what do you mean by that? And he's like, well, you know, like I have an open relationship and So like, I was like, whoa, that right there, right? Like that moment of just like getting to asking him about happiness so that then he could then talk about how he had an open relationship and there he just like lit up because you know, that. Like, like he immediately was just like, oh yeah, no, I have this open relationship and we don't judge each other. And we have this great communication. And he was dying to talk about communication in the light of having an open relationship. But it was like, it was getting to that thing that he was really passionate about, that was contrarian about him, that people misunderstood, that I gave him a stage to talk about kind of like. How a vegan will always tell you they're vegan or a CrossFitter doesn't shut up about it, right? Like, how do you, how do you uncover that thing from someone? But that was crazy. I did not expect this dude to like lend to having an open relationship and that being the key of how I connected with him. And that was January 2018. Still really good friends with this guy. This guy's a world renowned SEO expert that puts on events around the world, calls me for advice on stuff. I call him for advice on stuff. He's a genius, maybe one of the smartest guys I've met in the last five years. And that was how we got to it. Right. It wasn't me joking around. It wasn't that. It was sticking to it, asking enough questions to get to the point where they shared something that was truly unique that they don't normally share, but that they were really passionate to talk about.
1: Did you ever have this situation when somebody was talking for 30 minutes and you're like, I have no clue what they're talking about?
0: Oh, man. I Yeah. Have you? Yes. Well, how does that happen?
1: It was some kind of conference. I don't remember like for sure, but it was some, I guess some financial stuff. And I was kind of from marketing and sales side. And this guy was from financial. And they start to talk about this return on investment and all this, like all this crazy words. And I was like, yeah, tell me more. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, and you know, I would say that he was kind of selfish because he like didn't care it, it was enough for him like sometimes i ask follow-up questions sometimes i like reframed what he told and like ask it from the different angle and he was like yeah yeah yeah. let me tell you about that so it feels like he thought that i'm an expert you know and somebody who he can talk with yes. like <laughs> but i wasn't an expert it mm-hmm. was a Crazy conversation for me because I was like, I didn't know when this moment will happen, when I will fuck. up okay, so screw up. You say whatever
0: you want, It's cool.
1: But it was fun. I didn't screw up, you know. And we kind of like he had a great conversation. <laughs> I don't know what well, he was talking about, but he was so here, like, had a great conversation. Here's
0: where I challenge you, man. Like I think that I think you did you missed an opportunity there, right? If you were lost in that conversation at some point, then you had two options. You had like the option to be like uh-huh, and then ask a question like you knew what he said, and then just kind of let him keep talking, or you could have been very vulnerable and genuine and be like, hey man, let me stop you right there. I have no idea what ROI means. Can you explain that to me? And often the people that are speaking above that, right, like that guy, I would give him the benefit of the doubt and maybe not say that he's selfish as much as he had no idea, right? Like most people are not that self-aware and experts at a certain level are gonna speak at that level and they might dumb it down a little bit, but they don't know that you're like here, right? If you would have stopped that conversation to like, whoa, time out. I have never heard that acronym. Let's get into what that means. Then that guy would have been super pumped to like share his expertise with you. And you would have actually learned something if you had the, if you had like the gumption to like do that. Right. So I think that brings us to another part of what makes a great conversation. That's authenticity. And in order to be authentic, you've got to have like the courage to be vulnerable and to ask that dumb question, right? Like talk about podcasts you know, one of the podcasts that I host, the Not Your Average Investor Show, I host it with a guy that's, you know, owns 300 rental properties, manages 5,000 of them. He's a world-renowned real estate investor. My job on that show for the first two years, now I think I know a lot about real estate, right? Because I've done 300 episodes on real estate. But my first two years on that show, my job was to ask that question, right? Like ask the, come again, what's a HELOC? What are we talking about? Right. Like, and as a, as a show host, it's great to like phrase, I was like, Oh, you know, I know what it is, but like, I got a friend over here and (laughs) they don't know. So asking for a friend, right. But like that idea of being able to slow people down from their like expert perspective and bring it down to like a common person's perspective of how to understand it actually adds a ton of value to them because it allows them to slow down and like explain easier Allows value to you for you to be able to like understand the thing better and, you know, not walk away from a conversation feeling like you just wasted 30 minutes and anybody with an earshot, anybody, if that was a four person conversation, right? Like two people standing around or like you, me and Chris Miles are talking to him, you know, then you've allowed that person to come in and engage and like reach that level. Right. So I see the role of the noble fool, right? Like that archetype that the kid from the emperor wears no clothes, or I think Russians have like a like an archetype for that as well. The noble fool is a really, really valuable role in society. It's that person that's willing to ask the question that everybody may be thinking, but nobody has the courage to, to ask. That is a very valuable tool inside conversations to just let that shit go and ask the dumb question. And you can use humor as a way to like defend yourself and be like, yeah, I know, but somebody else, or you can just ask it outright, but it's always valuable. Yeah, exactly.
1: I totally agree, like two hundred percent. You know, it was when I was kind of stupid, and I was afraid of. Oh, okay, I wasn't stupid, but I was afraid of being seen as stupid. Yeah, you were afraid. Of it. Yeah, exactly. And now that's exactly how it works. Now I just like ask the stupidest questions, and if like people tell me like it's a stupid question, and I was like. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Yeah. Embrace it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and after that, like everything makes better. And you know, also what's the funniest part? This person will remember you and like, oh, this is the guy who asks stupid questions. So it makes anyway, you
0: super memorable.
1: Yeah. Whatever. Like they still yeah. remember. So yeah. and, and so and it's really super fun. But once again,
0: what is your recipe to asking good questions? So this kind of goes to what Chris is asking, right? Like what's a good way to get conversation started? What are most common follow-up questions? Like I'm recipe for the first question is get them to share a priority, right? Like however you start a conversation, always start it with something that allows you to have, allows the person to answer, to share something that's important to them. Right? So The what brings you here question works everywhere, right? Like, that's why I use it for everything because it's very versatile. Other questions you can ask is like, hey, what are you hoping to get out of this? My friend Jerry likes to ask people, what sets your soul on fire, (laughs) right? Like, what is... What are some people like, well, they never even had that question. Sometimes I'll be like, so what's your story? And I feel like that's an open-ended question, but it kind of short circuits people. (laughs) So I try to dumb it down into like, give me a priority, but give them some guardrails of like what you want them to answer. If it's too open-ended, then people might short circuit. Like, what's your story? "Uh, What's my story? I I don't know. I was born in Venezuela. and (laughs) You know, like, whereas it's like, Hey man, how, what, what, what made you interested in this thing? Right. So like, if you're a community manager and it's like, Hey, you know, what brought you to this community? What's the last thing that, you know, what's the next thing on your task list? Like that, that you can't, that you really don't want to do what are, you know, like these types of things that let people like tell you their priorities, a great way to start follow-up questions, which Chris is also asking is once you understand what's important, asking them, Oh, when did you realize that was a problem? Right. Like, when did you start hating that stuff? So they give you like the origin of the pain and then going beyond that, once they give you that one, it's like, all right, cool. So now we're here. What have you learned about it since? Right. So that to me is a really, really easy framework for a conversation for podcasts. Also, you'll notice that I do a lot of that in my podcasts, right? Like I'll start with, Hey, we're here to talk about conversations. What's so important about conversations? Some, you know, I'd say it and then like, that's cool. When did you figure this out? Well, it was in 2009 when I was networking working and blah, blah, blah. All right, cool. So like, what have you learned about it since? Like, what is an opening line, right? Like we're following that framework right now of why is this thing important to you? Or what is important to you? How did you figure that out? and then talk me through the things that you've learned are really, really great ways to open up a conversation. Another great conversation that I like to, like if we're talking about frameworks, right, is the point of view framework of how the world is, What the problem is with that, what the ramifications are, what's the big idea that you have and what it looks like once that thing gets implemented is another great way to start a conversation. If you know someone's passionate about it, about something, and you're really trying to get them to open up about it in like a point of view, kind of like fashion that... Makes it more nuanced and makes it less like, hey, we're here to talk about marketing. It's like, no, we're here to talk about community for marketing, right? Like, and you start talking about like, hey, so, you know, the marketing world, right? Like, you will use that example, marketing versus community creation for marketing. We'll start with... So, you know, we're in this world right now that everybody's using marketing, right? Like what do you see people are doing and what is it that you don't like about it? And someone will be like, tell you how the world is and what the problem is, right? It's like, oh, okay. So why don't you like it? Boom. The ramifications because it does this, because it does that, because it puts a bunch of spam in your inbox because people hate being sold to blah, 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 blah. So you said it's community for marketing, right? Like, what is that? And then it's described that thing. And then it's like, all right, so when that's working, how do you know? And then people start talking about like, this is the future state. And then from there, you can go into like, how do we make it happen, right? Those are my two most predominant kind of conversational frameworks that I use person to person. And I also use when it comes to podcasting as well.
1: You know, I will will add one small thing. Like, I love small details. And I like seeing stuff. And once it was some conversation, and I was like, uh, some guy made a uh, keynote speech, and then he went out of the room, out of the stage, and like people around stayed and asked asked questions and all the stuff like about his presentation, etc. And I was like staying and watching at everyone, and I saw that everyone has watches, and the speaker not. And I was like, why don't you have watches? And he was like ah, oh, you know i have two small kids and they like breaks everything i even have my glasses broken and my wife is at home with two small kids and she's waiting for me and she just stopped working so i'm i oh my god i forgot to make selfie on a stage i wanted to send it to her and that's how we started you know like to get in personal and it was so fun you know i just like remember this and
0: like yeah. and think about all the think about all the details about his life that he just shared with you that you can now like talk to him about, right? Like when you that's a beautiful thing, man. Like you find a, a I observation meet him, and ask him why.
1: I'm like, how is your wife? How are your kids? You know? Yeah. And it's always a good thing to talk about like I love talking about family and all this stuff, like much more than talking about business. So if you miss me at the conference. I will never talk with you about the theme of the conference. I will talk about dogs. I will talk about parents. I will talk about football. I will talk about anything. Like, like we can always talk about business later, but let's get to know each other as humans. So th- th- it's my approach. I just love it. So
0: <laughs> that's I, I how think it it's works. great, man. Oof, that was a golden nugget right there. I'm going to have my team clip that and paste that across all my social media channels. So if you could just give this a pause right now, go into the show notes and connect with me on whatever platform you like to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever you want to be a part of my life in, connect with me there. I'm going to share that clip and you can share it with your friends so that they get the same lesson. It'll be adding value to their life. And while you're at it, go ahead and subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Hit five-star review, right? You don't have to leave a review. You just got to hit five stars. If you want to leave a review, cool. And maybe send the episode to your friend. That would be awesome. That's it. I'm done. Back to the show. What do you, why do you think that is, right? Like, what is the lesson there of I meet Yuri. He only wants to talk about family and love and dogs and, and things that I love. What is there to learn about that?
1: I learn people who are they inside not who are they on the surface, you know, because when you're going to a conference, you like wear your conference clothes, you wear a conference mask, and you like a conference person. You are not that person who are you coming back home. And I want to know this person who is at home, you know. So it helps me a lot because if, for example, we had a community live conversation with you and we kind of cried together or something like that. And it told me much more about you than like, all the business stuff you can teach me, you know? Agreed. And at this point, I said, okay, we're on the same wave. I would love to learn from Pablo. So, yeah, it's all about, you know, getting closer as humans.
0: That's the lesson right there, right? Like, you do that because it creates that genuine connection, right? Like, if you can get beyond the small talk and get into things that people really care about, right? Like... Most people don't care about their job as much as they care about themselves and their family and the people that they love, right? So you using that framework allows you to be much more memorable, allows you to discern who you actually want to align with and build a relationship with because you know who they are at their core, not who they are at their like basic wants.
1: Yeah. You know, because like basically people can tell me like, oh, this is a CEO of the best world known company. And I was like, okay, but what color his pajamas? You know, like <laughs> yeah. it will tell me much more than like CEO of the like biggest company in the world. So, <laughs>
0: yeah. And to Chris Miles' question of how do you start a conversation with someone who's not whose knowledge both excites and intimidates you? If you know what color their pajamas is, they become <laughs> a human to you immediately, right? Like <laughs> if you can walk in not from the door of like, hey, tell me about your best-selling book and like how famous you are, and instead you start talking at this human level then the connection that you make will be you know, much more genuine. And when you actually do start talking about their expertise, it's going to be, feel much more natural and less intimidating to you.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: And talking
1: about that, like, let's still come back to podcasts. Let's do and it, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After having all this experience in uh, bumping into people at the conferences, how did
0: you start
1: podcasting?
0: Oh, man. I started podcasting from a macro standpoint. I started podcasting because what I realized in those days of Miami, right, was that I was creating these like small young professional groups. And at first I would create the young professional group by saying, Hey, I want you to be, you know, active with Habitat for Humanity. And you're going to meet people that care a little bit more about just, you know, other things than just themselves. And Miami is full of people like that. Right. So, like everybody in this room cares at least a little bit about habitat and not just where the club at, you know? But also when we meet monthly, we meet in the boardroom of somebody that's on the board of the charity. And they tell us about their life. And then we ask them questions, we connect with them, and then we plan our happy hour or whatever, right? And that that wasn't my idea. But once we started doing that, I really latched onto it. Cause what it started doing was we're able to, I was able to use, I then started four other young professional groups like this. And what I was doing was I was using this like group of like eight to 12 young professionals that were active in a charity to go meet with the super influential people that were on the board of this charity. And me as the, like the broker of the relationship allowed me to like connect with those people. Then I was like, oh, this is a great idea. Why don't we start having events where we're talking to local business leaders about stuff that affects young professionals. And then I started being able to do that and connect with people that I wasn't able to by saying, we're going to have an event for the board of the charity, blah, blah, blah. And then at some point I realized, I just realized that like, I, I started leveraging that as a business developer. And I just realized that having a stage was important, right? Like having some kind of stage that I could leverage would get me meetings with people that would not have taken my call or did not want to meet me for coffee. Right? So I wanted to get into, the moment that I realized that that's what podcasting was, I wanted to get into it. And of course, I think like most people, you think, oh, I've listened to a bunch of podcasts. I want to start a podcast. And it's going to be exactly like School of Greatness by Lewis Howes and blah, 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 blah. So you kind of belabor and delay all these things in order to get it started just right. Until kind of midway through 2019, when I was starting my business, I was listening to Logic's Young Sinatra 4 album. And- the last track on that album is something called last the last call where this like jazzy beat kicks in. And he's like, Oh man, as soon as I heard this beat, I knew this was going to be a last call because I heard Kanye do his last call. And then I heard J Cole and now I'm going to do it. And then he did this like rapping and talking and mix of telling like his origin story of how he started rapping in tribute to something that Kanye West had done in his first album. That was also called last call, same exact thing about how he got his first record deal. And like the fourth time I listened to that song, I'm like, I want to do a last call. I started a business this year. I think this is cool. If these people can do it, I can do it. And how can I do this thing in a way that it has a container so that when it goes viral, people have somewhere to go back. I was like, oh, podcast. So I literally just whipped up like six phone calls to six interesting people I knew, interviewed them, and then released it all the last week of December of 2019. So that on December 31st, 2019, I could release my like 12-minute last call rapping Coolio project that I had. And that was the thing that got me started, man, was that I wanted to do that thing and I thought it would be a good vessel. So I just started like that. For the next like three months, I probably did like two more episodes. And then I just kind of had it on pause. And then somewhere around May of that year, I just kicked it into high gear and started doing a podcast every single week, sometimes multiple podcasts. Then evolved into like sometimes doing it month, you know, live. And now I do every show live on Mondays because it's been the formula that we figured out that drives community. Why Monday? Oh, you know why? Because most people, right? We do this like live internet talk show thing, right? Like we evangelize this thing and we do this as a service for clients. And we also teach people how to do this. And every time people want to do it, they're like Tuesday or Thursday at twelve. Let's do it Tuesday or Thursday at 12. And it's the same as when I was doing the young professional events. Everybody wanted to be like, oh, yeah, let's do Thursday happy hour, the third Thursday of the month happy hour. And what you realize is that everybody that does something like this thinks of the same thing, right? Like just like every happy hour was the third Thursday of the month on a Thursday. Every like webinar or live stream that people do is like Tuesday or Thursday at 1 p.m. Or something like that, right? So I was like, man, what's a different time of the day? You know, nobody ever does anything on a Monday. I feel like at the end of the day, Monday, you know, it's something that you can ritualize, right? Like nobody has something planned at four o'clock on Mondays, but you know, if you hit your Monday hard and you're like, man, you know, I just get to Monday morning and you got stuff to do. By the end of Monday during the day, I think it's another opportunity for like, okay, cool. I also want to start my day off, my week off with like a little bit of energy, some entertainment, some good ideas. And I thought that Monday, you know, this like end of the workday Monday thing would be an open space for people and it would be valuable to people. Great question. Nobody's ever asked me that. Okay. So conversations,
1: Access to people, connections. What more do you love about podcasting?
0: Ah, Man, it's the act I am intoxicated by the access to people, man. Like I really am. Right. Like I I just went to this weekend, I was at the Justin Shanks wedding. This was a guy that was like a top five podcaster and like top five podcast for entrepreneurs in Inc. magazine. Like five years ago, he's got like a top one percent podcast. You know, if I didn't have a podcast. I don't know how I would have become friends with him, right? Like the ability to like reach out. And at first I reached out like, dude, I love your show. And, you know, I I always reach out to people adding value as much as possible, like giving them free testimonials, telling them whatever. When he had an event, I bought a VIP ticket and I convinced a friend of mine to go, right? But like, then it was when I had him on my podcast that we started really getting to know each other. And now he's been on my podcast a couple of times. I've been on his Guys like Christopher Lockhead, right? Like I'm obsessed with category design. It's one of the top selling business books of all time. And just because I have a podcast, I could reach out to the godfather of the discipline and have him on my show and have a conversation and get to know him and show that I care because I introduced him in a particular way and I'm asking him great questions. And now I've like had coffee with him in Santa Cruz, California, right? Like a podcast really is a way to meet your heroes. And it's become much more than that for me. Like I I now have, you know, I have this, like my group of friends from childhood. I got my group of friends from college. I got my group of friends from California. I got my group of friends from Jacksonville. And then I have my group of friends from the podcasting world, which, you know, are very near and dear to me. And especially during the pandemic, I was able to just completely up level my, my network and make all these interesting friends that if I was just sitting at home, not podcasting, wouldn't be in my life, right? Like people that are on this call right now, like, like Pratiti and Lori and, and Suzanne and, and you, you know, like it just, it would have never happened. I wouldn't have all these friends that I consider incredibly dear to me now, if I hadn't podcast. So it just really starts and end with access to people to be perfectly honest of what I love, right? Like there's other useful things that drive revenue.
1: Okay, so Chris commented about the Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and if we're talking about getting your a cool person on a podcast, so if you were me, how would yes. you approach getting Dwayne the Rock Johnson on a show?
0: I love this question. You can get to anybody if you find a way to the to serve the people that hold the doors to the keys that you want to open. Right? I'm pretty sure you've heard me say that before. Dwayne the Rock Johnson, right? Like. There is layers of people around him that, you know, you're not going to reach Dwayne the Rock Johnson to be on your podcast like this. You might, Yuri, to be perfectly honest, right? Like the story of being a Ukrainian refugee in Poland and using podcasting to, you know, to like move up, right? Like you you put a great story out there and you have enough people share it and it goes viral or whatever. Like you have a legitimate shot at that for... For the average person, and I say that with all due respect, right? Like I know that that's a real thing that you're going through and you don't want to like sell that thing, right? Like I feel the same way about my brother's story, right? Like I, my brother, you know, my brother's passing is the reason why I'm so passionate about community. I feel weird talking about it, but you know, like a story really does open people's hearts and minds and stuff like that, right? So that is one thing in your arsenal that you can use to get to join The Rock Johnson. The other piece is, man, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has multiple layers of people, like figure out what he cares about, right? What charity is he involved with? Can you have the executive director of the charity he most cares about on your podcast? Probably, (laughs) you know, like much, much sooner than you're going to get him. Can you get, you know, like to me, I always think about the charity angle because it really, it really moves the needle, right? Like if I, if Gary V wasn't so accessible, I would figure out a way to get really involved in Pencils of Promise because I know it's like the one charity that he really really cares about. Luckily, Gary V does all these other things, and I've met him like five times, right? So, not that I know him, but I've it's easy. He's easy to get to and get a selfie with. But that's the move, right? Like combine co- combine the idea of how can you get close to somebody within his inner circle based on your podcast to then get there, share your story, talk about you know who else you know like try to map people around his solar system so that you can show up in there, you know, like doing things guilty by association on a stage so that that becomes much more normalized. And then that introduction is going to happen either because that person is going to introduce you directly or by co-creating content with people that are somewhat close to him in some way, you're going to land on his radar. And then that story gets you in the door.
1: Yeah. Great idea. I'm starting it right now. <laughs> Do it, bro. <laughs> okay, so, you know, for me, the hardest part is preparation for the conversation, mm-hmm. like to check the person, to find some good questions, to try to understand this person before having a conversation and then to, like, understand if I understood this person correctly during mm-hmm. the conversation. So, But before that is finding guests. So tell me, how do you
0: decide who to invite to the podcast and why? I mean, for me now, Yuri, when I first started my podcast, I was just like, I want to meet this person. I'm going to invite him on my podcast. So it was just whoever sparked my interest. Nowadays, I use my podcast as a very like tactical tool for business development. So what I think of is what is a subject? Like I, I have people in mind that I really, really want to meet. Right. And I think of, what is the subject that this person really wants to know about, right? Like what is something that that could really move the needle for them that they are aware of that if they were to find out that there was a webinar about it, they wouldn't just be like, somebody sent me another email. They'd be like, ooh, this one. Let me see if I can fit it into my calendar, right? So I think of that. And then I think who is the most interesting person that I can bring on the show to talk about that? and that's how i do it. so when people come up to me and they're like i want to be on your show, i'm like, great, here's my criteria. what does a like a founder of a company that is somewhere between like 10 to 50 million bucks that has like a unique point of view and is concerned with marketing and like getting a message out, what can you and i talk about that they really care about so much that they would clear their schedule to to be a part of it. and if you can't come up with that, then we're not ready for a podcast yet kind of thing. Right. So I use that as kind of like my filter for when I, you know, to have people on and not blame myself. And then every once in a while, man, just something I really want to do like this.
1: (laughs) To have some, just having some fun, you know? Yeah.
0: Listen, I don't think that, I don't think that any of my clients would be like, "Oh, be a great conversationalist. Sure. Let me go to Pablo's show for that. But I do (laughs) think that I do think that there is some percentage of people that have met me that realize that I have this skill set and are like, shit, I wish I could talk like that or I wish I could just talk to anybody like that that would see this thing being advertised. Like, oh, wow, yeah, cool. I do want to peek Pablo's brain about that, right? So like I tried to figure out a way you know, in, in my old iteration of my podcast, Chief Executive Connector, where it was just like, you can learn anything from anyone. When you, if you would have reach out to me and be like, Yuri, yeah, I want to have you on the podcast, talk about your, like, what you're going through and how everything that you've learned and all this stuff for this show in particular. I don't think that that's like something that those people are trying to like add to their skill set. So I just reworked it in a way that I'm like, okay, well, this is the most value that we can create out of this for that persona. And that's just how I think about it. How about you, man? How do you think about it? It's, It's really
1: hard. It's really hard to answer you because I was like, I put it all my brains to the next question. And you're like, how do you, how would you ask it? And I was like, ah, you catch me. It's a little hard for me to answer right now.
0: That's fine, man. And listen, you are podcasting with a much more open kind of umbrella, right? Like you're, I see you as somebody that's using, that is the tool of podcasting is you're meeting people that you want to meet. And I think that if I look from the outside in, you have networked your way deep into the community world because you can reach out to anybody that is known for community or whatever, and you've had them on your show. And I see that as like something that you're passionate about and you're inviting people in. And to me, that's a perfectly good excuse to have a podcast, right? If zero people downloaded your podcast a week, you would still be super pumped that you had the podcast because you've created the relationships that have gotten you to be CMX community guy of the year. And you know what? This
1: sentence just turned on my mind. It's just almost midnight here right now. I gotta so My mind is here. And how do I choose people? It's just accident. Like, I have a list of people like who I admire for some reason. Maybe we met in the CMX community. Maybe we met in community club. Maybe I heard somebody on a podcast. For example, Francisco Arizmendi. I have conversation with him. Love I listened to. I heard him on your podcast. And I was like, I need to connect with him. So that's how it, and I immediately messaged him after listening to his episode on your show. Then like four or six months later, we had this conversation. So I just have a list of people and just random stuff. I don't know. I just like- People that interest you. I just open this list. Okay, I want to talk to this person. And then I reach out and like, and then, you know, then life come, comes into the way. Because sometimes people are like, ah, oh, I'm busy. I can not do it right now. I can do it in two weeks. And then, like, I'm starting to. But I never schedule, like, more than two weeks ahead. Yeah. Like, it's all accident, All by accident. And Chris asks a question. Who as a person you really, really want to meet, Pablo?
0: I'm assuming that he's asking from like a just person in general, right? Not like who is a client that I really want or whatever. I would love to hang out with outcasts some more, right? Like these guys, these two guys right here, Andre 3000 and big boy. I would love to spend some time with, yeah, big boy specifically. I really want to like hang out with big boy.
1: Did you have any challenging situations during a podcast interview?
0: Not much, man. I had one person that, you know, doing this live thing makes it a little bit more complicated. And I've had one person that like their internet just crapped out like throughout it. Luckily, doing it live has another great benefit, which is the community that's here. Right. So if your connection were to go away, I would literally just open it up and start talking to the people here. And having these conversations. Yeah, Miko was there for that, man. It was kind of awkward, but like luckily, right, and this is actually about to happen, right? But at 530, we have a design to be like the open mic relationship-driven growth strategy sessions. I'm always prepared with a couple of things to share, and I'm always asking people to like come and ask questions and have insights. So I have like a backup plan built in. But no man, I can't say, I can't say I really have. Like I've really only had good experiences and I don't know, man, I think it's because I'm a really good conversationalist, right? Like, it's literally impossible for you to, like, show up and me not get to, like, have you speak and sound interesting, right?
1: Yeah, I totally understand you, like, 200%. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, frankly speaking, I can ask you forever, but what is one question I should have definitely asked you, but didn't?
0: It's a great question, dude. That's by the way, that is a, that is an awesome question for your conversation repertoire, right? Like I've used that question at job interviews, right? Like finish a job interview with like, Hey, you know, I'm new to this job interview thing, right? Like I've only tried to gotten a job like twice in my life. I would love to know from you if there's anything that you thought that I could have done better or something I could have asked you that I should know about, right? Like crushes. I do that in podcasts, right? Like you've seen this, right? Like any, anything else. I took that from Christopher Lockhead, right? Like Lockhead talks about this idea of just like asking somebody anything else, right? In my onboarding processes, I'm always like, hey, what are people not asking you that, that we can, that you have this like opinion on, right? So I think that's a really, really good question. What's a good question that you could have asked me? I don't know, man, from like I, I appreciate you adapting to this like idea of the conversation thing. We definitely got into it and I think you nailed that part. I do remember you wanting to ask deeper podcast conversations of like how do you make someone feel comfortable. I think that's a pretty good one. Maybe, maybe even the value of self-deprecation I think is a good thing to go down right like if you're the if you're the first person to like make fun of yourself, then it makes people, you know, really comfortable. It's kind of like down the same path of the noble fool, but, or, you know, if instead of like not knowing what ROI is or what something else is like, Hey, listen, I'm, I can't do maths, you know, so don't expect me to be financed, but like, can I do that? Right. Like asking, you know, prefacing a question, making fun of yourself a little bit, I think is really, really valuable. I think moving your face while you talk <laughs> is, and while, especially when somebody else is talking, right. Like doing like when you're speaking and I'm like leaning in like this and doing these things I do that really really deliberately cuz it's, it's this like great feedback loop that makes you feel good and feel like I'm engaged and even injects more energy into what people are saying right cuz if I'm if you're just talking monotone and I'm going like this you're immediately you're immediately going to start mirroring that cuz we kind of do that and it'll inject more more energy into a conversation as well those are two pretty good things that I I could have shared but I didn't expect you to ask about great question <laughs>
1: yeah okay so basically i know that we are running
0: out of time so back to you dude yuri you did awesome man yuri how do people get a hold of you man like what is the how can anybody that's here that just like heard you doing this they want to connect with you what's the best way to get into your world man
1: yeah pretty accessible on linkedin and because if you just type yuri azaruk i believe there are not that many people with the same name and surname I'm a big fan of CMX community, it kind of saved my life, you know, when the war started because it helped me to become a community consultant worldwide, even though I had no experience internationally, I just had experience in Ukraine. And also I'm a part of community club, so basically all the best communities about communities, but yeah, definitely if to reach out personally, DM is like definitely LinkedIn. So anytime, anyway, what fits people better?
0: And we will link to all that stuff in the show notes for anybody listening to the podcast episode. I recommend everybody connect with Yuri. He's great. Yuri, man, I just got to give it to you, right? Like, I love the way that you operate. You are always super present. You have this like amazing, like mellow vibe about you that relaxes me and makes me like Entrance in whatever you're saying and care about you. It's weird to say this, right? But like I'm from Venezuela. It's a place that I can't go back to because it's been destroyed by powers that, you know, are no longer there, man. And I know that that's a really tough thing to to live with, man. And you're doing it with grace and using podcasting and community to kind of like navigate through, man, I just really admire it. So thank you for coming on and and being a good buddy, man. Appreciate you.
1: Yeah. Thank you very much for such a kind words, you know, like I appreciate it a lot. And I couldn't even imagine that, you know, one day we'll talk with you and I meet so many amazing people. And it was like, yeah, it's all because of community world, you know, the power of conversations, the power of podcasts, and like just being yourself and just smiling to people because, you know, like when people ask me like, oh, you have this war in Ukraine, how do you deal with all this stuff, et cetera. And I was like, You know, I have just two ways to go about it. Like I can cry or I can smile. You know, I choose smile because like there are a lot of people crying, like it's enough. So yeah. I love it. It's a little crazy, but yeah, you know. It's a beautiful message, man. It changed me a lot. The work changed me a lot, definitely. So
0: I bet I bet, man. Well, thanks, bro. Thanks for doing this, man. Man, I loved having that conversation with Yuri. There's something about his like mellow demeanor that just Makes me really like the guy. I don't know if you agree. And, um, you know, this is now I'm starting to put events on my calendar, right? I kind of took events off of, off of my calendar for, um, Q1 of this year. But coming up, if you want to meet up with me, if you want to practice the art of conversation with me in person, uh, you got a couple of options. Number one, you can always join us on the relationship driven growth strategy sessions that happen. Right after this show. So if you just sign up on the link in the bio, you get to show up for the show, stick around for the open mic sessions, and or just show up for the open mic session afterwards. But coming up, I'm going to Exhibitor Live. It's in Louisville. This is a conference for um, trade show booth exhibitors, and uh, I'm really excited to be hosting a, a podcast trade show booth for one of our clients, um, Rockway Exhibits and uh, their awesome podcast, which I love, which is called Event Marketing Redefined. That is going to be April 23rd in Louisville, Kentucky. So if you're in that area, I would love to meet up with you in Louisville. I'm going to be there that whole week, and I'm doing like a networking thing that Sunday night. We're going to be doing some like post-after parties and stuff like that and hanging out with our good friend of the show, J.D. Gershbein, who is a keynote there at that event. And then the next thing I got coming up on my schedule is... Podcast Movement Denver, which is around August 23rd, I believe. Don't quote me on these numbers. It's just around that time. Look up these conferences. But I talk a lot about this value of um, conferences that have content creators at them, right? Because every time that you go networking at a conference, meet a whole bunch of people, that's great. I meet 25 to 50 people per day while I'm at a conference. At conferences with content creators... I meet twenty-five, fifty people, let's say like 1%, 2, 5, you know, like 10% of them have me on their show. I've essentially met 10x that amount of people, right? So it's a high leverage networking to meet with content creators. So what What is better than Denver in August? I don't know, because I've never been to Denver in August, but it's something I've been wanting to do. I'm going to be there the weekend prior. I'm probably going to try to catch a show at Red Rocks. So if you're in the Denver area or you are interested in networking and learning more about podcasting, come to Podcast Movement, um, Denver, and meet me there. All right, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed that conversation and you got a bunch of value out of it. And if you did, it would mean the world to me. If you reached out to our guest and let them know what you learned, what you thought about it, everything that you need to connect with them is going to be in the show notes. And on top of that, why don't you double up and reach out to me? I'd love to hear from you. It really is why I do this is so that I can meet awesome people. I would love to hear from anybody that you think should be on this podcast, including yourself about How you build world-class relationships, how you create community, how you lead companies in this relationships over transactions methodology. And if you believe in that stuff, that is what we're doing at my company, Be The Stage. You can check it out at bethestage.live. But the Cliff Notes version is, we've learned that most companies know that they need to be making content and they know that they really want to drive a community. But where do you start with that stuff? The best way to start doing that is to create an internet talk show because it allows you to create a strategic relationship with a guest one-to-one while you create strategic relationships with the audience one-to-few. And then when we repurpose the show for you and spread it out all over social media, you're creating relationships one-to-many. It is the ultimate relationship-driven growth engine to feed your entire pipeline, marketing team, and customer success. What companies call their go-to-market strategy can now be driven by community. If you're interested in that, go to bethestage.live, check it out, reach out to me. I would love to create an internet talk show just for you. Now, if you'll indulge me, I'm going to take a play out of the book of one of my heroes, Christopher Lockhead, the godfather of category design, co-author of my favorite business book, Play Bigger, and my favorite newsletter, Category Pirates, which I'm going to link in the show notes because I think you should subscribe. It's the smartest thing basically in the world. Anyways, at the end of his podcast, which is Follow Your Different, he always shouts out and gives a roll call to people that he thanks, and I want to do that too. I want to thank my team at Be The Stage. I want to thank JP, who is the editor of this content, the guy that makes all the cool micro content and makes everything look cool. Joanna, who distributes a lot of the stuff. She writes a lot of the descriptions. Nicola, who is... Uh, my buddy that I've been mentoring for a couple of years out of Bulgaria, a really bright 15-year-old kid that writes a lot of the captions on social media. Marge, who is always keeping track of everything. She is the executive assistant of the dreams that all come true. Gina, who is a world-class integrator. She is our COO. She is the one that is just making all the processes happen. Whenever I say something, she designs a way to make it happen. It's incredible. My business partner, Isar, who with Without him, none of this stuff could be possible. That guy is the best. He's got an awesome podcast. It's called the Business Growth Accelerator. You should totally check that out. I want to thank my parents, they're my inspiration, they're the best, my family, I love them to pieces, my wife, Marta, who is my muse and my inspiration for everything. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, go do it now, but before you do that, if you haven't checked out either episode 7 or episode 69, those are my 2019 and 2020 last call tracks where I give this like rapping, talking, motivational speech over like a really cool beat. It's actually the beat that I have on this podcast right now that I had custom produced. Produced by my guy, Michael, out of Russia, who's a sick beat producer. Check that stuff out. That is the origin story of my business, the origin story of what I'm up to, and it's really what I am most proud of, episode 7, episode 69 of this podcast. Hope to see you on the next one. Hit me up on social media. I love you. Don't forget, relationships over transactions, that is the way that you win. It's a long game. Human beings are happiest when they're in service. So serve others and you will be able to open any door that you ever wanted. Never forget that. If you don't know how to serve others, everybody needs an extra cheerleader. Cheer for people. Be invested in their future. See what you can do for them. It all comes back in the long run. I really hope you reach out to me. I want to meet you. I want to talk to you. I want to help you achieve your dreams. Have an awesome, awesome, awesome day rest of your day.